we're all human here and we're your hosts Jessica and Jeremy and Lavinia Martin Weber and today we're going to be talking a little bit further about developing a culture of communication. We our last two episodes were about uh, having a culture of communication or how to establish a culture of communication in your home and today this is the last installment on for now. <laughs> no, we so, thought last one was the last installment. And they're like, like no. but what if we had a part three? <laughs> <laughs> On a culture of communication. And this was actually inspired in part by a, a question we were asked by someone close to us who said, uh, wanted to know how our children navigate relationships outside of the home when in our home they are growing up with this culture of communication and conflict resolution and and that we prioritize healthy communication and and how do our kids then navigate relationships outside of the home and with with people who maybe don't have this background and we started talking about it we've been talking about it for a, a little bit now how does this work you had a lot to say about this Lavinia Oh, well, I mean, high schoolers already have problems like figuring how to figuring out how to like articulate themselves and like just talk about whatever they're feeling, and it's so much harder when me when like society and just like everyday media is just like, Haha, here's how you should talk or not talk to everybody around you, and it's just it's so frustrating for me to grow up in a family where everybody is like, you know, op we don't play games, we're honest, and we have open, honest conversations. So you wish we played games and we no. weren't honest? <laughs> it just means with my friends, I'm like, uh, that's right, not everybody has this upbringing mm. um, of open, like truly open communication, um, and no, no mind games. I, <laughs> oh my gosh, and I, I like don't, I mean, I, I can't really put myself in an echo tunnel where I only have friends who have that communication skills because um, I don't I don't really know a lot of people who have those communication right. skills. And the people that I, I do know who has those communication skills, we both kind of had to help each other out. Like, I've had it Like, my best friend, um, our first, like, year of being friends with each other was such a, <laughs> a mess trying to figure out how to navigate, how to communicate to each other. Um, and we kind of had to build up our own culture of communication mm -hmm. between the two of us mm -hmm. um, to to learn, which I think actually... I love that you put it that way, that yeah. you have to build up your own culture of communication. Mm -hmm. I think every relationship is going to end up requiring that. Yeah. No, and, unless you're all cookie-cutter people. Right. That live lives as expected by but culture and entertainment. But ultimately, someone's going to grow up and be like, whoa, what the frick? And that's how like friend groups fall apart is because, you know, people mature and some, some of them stay the same and some of them keep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. even in our home where we do have a family culture of communication, we have little tiny, every relationship has its own tiny microculture right. yeah. of communication recognizing the different ways and personalities and how we connect and communicate. Mm -hmm. uh, conflict resolution for one is is much more straightforward and simple, whereas for someone else it's far more involved. Uh, someone else can state their needs pretty bluntly mm -hmm. and another person uh, is trying to cushion their needs all of the time. And so there, are, it's personality based, it's different life experience based. So everybody's going to have to build their own culture of, of communication mm -hmm. within every relationship. Yeah. I see that. We had to. Well, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that was a long time ago now, uh, but... Not that long. Well, okay, not that long. <laughs> uh, and yes, as we got to know each other, we also established how we communicated um, together. Right. Uh, so what... How did we get there? Well, I think we shared a little bit about this in the last episode. You went actually really deep. Neither one of us <laughs> came right. really deep. <laughs> Thanks, Lavinia. Sorry, I still feel horrible about that. I, I think it was great. It was it was really it was really insightful. Uh, neither one of us came from a family that had healthy or practiced healthy communication or healthy conflict resolution. We had zero model for this. In fact, not only did we both have no experience with that, we had completely different experiences with communication in general. Your family kind of didn't communicate. My family communicated very loudly and passionately and not very well. <laughs> but they did it a lot, or at least they tried to communicate a lot. They, there were often pieces, core pieces of communication missing, such mm -hmm. as listening or uh, not trying to make prove a point or maybe not being in it to win an argument right. or, you know, power plays and things Their like that. Their communication was kind of more of an attack. Yes. It was a bit aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and so we came, we came to each other when we found each other, we were coming from completely different backgrounds. And mm -hmm. so that did put some significant barriers in our way. Yes. And we had to figure out a few things and we had two pretty much ground rules uh, that we were like, okay, wait, we don't know what is healthy, but we know these two things are not healthy. So we're going to say if we can't do these things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and, well, coming from a, a culture of communication as a tool to avoid conflict <laughs> instead of using it to work through conflict right. from my right. side. And then communication is competition. Can I say that for communication your... is conflict? <laughs> what were the what were the two ground rules you guys established? Um, I don't know that these are all. But... Oh no, they're definitely not all. Okay, it's not exhaustive. Our other list might have been exhaustive, but the... well, for one, communication was a tool to understand each other better, to get to know each other better. It was not a competition. Right, right, or a strategy to avoid. Right. Conflict. Right. It was. It was neither of those. Mm -hmm. But we so... didn't really know what it was. No. Uh, so for one, it's um, it's what we call not playing games. Yep. We would not um, engage in uh, non-direct ways of communicating. Passive-aggressive. <laughs> we would not be passive-aggressive. Both of our families speak fluent passive-aggressive. Well, and most of society, if you really think about it. Yes, most of society speaks fluent. It drives me up the wall, especially as a very blunt person. Well, like, and, and for people who are comfortable being passive-aggressive, that's how they handle conflict. Uh, right. They see being blunt as being rude. Basically. Oh, and, and like an attack. As an attack yeah, or yeah. insensitive. And sometimes you can be rude when you're blunt. That's and, true. And being a, a straight shooter or or honest or whatever isn't an excuse doesn't by any means right. dismiss being rude don't be rude don't be insensitive don't be a jerk exactly but, but you can be honest and tactful at the same time yeah absolutely you can be honest and sensitive at the same time in fact i think that's imperative to a relationship if you can't be honest at while at the same time caring about the person mm -hmm. you are being honest with mm -hmm. then you're being mean yeah or, or you're lying. And right. either way is not going to work for a relationship. Well, and I found, especially, um, I've, I've had to learn how to 
had to do that since I am a very blunt person. I've had to learn how to navigate being blunt without being mean. Right. Um, and still, I, I've, I've had to learn that in our everyday society, if I have conflict with somebody and I just need to be, like, just straightforward and honest and blunt with mm-hmm. them, I have to first um, start with, so this is going to sound really blunt and rude, but... <laughs> I think you shouldn't discredit it as rude, though. I think you can say I, I, I normally don't say rude unless it's like something really. Uh, I normally just say it. this is this is really blunt, and I'll this is just say, how I I communicate. I'll say this may be hard to hear. Oh, I will I will say that I said that recently to a friend. Uh, we were having a conversation, and they were struggling with some issues with their children, and they were they were feeling guilty about it, and I they were kind of getting stuck there and I listened for a long time, for a very long time, actually multiple conversations over (laughs) several years, actually. And I finally said to this person, this may be hard to hear, but while, but maybe it is your fault because they were really stuck on, you know, but it, I, I feel like this is my, all my fault. This Mm. is right. I'm the one to blame. I was like, maybe it is, maybe it is all your fault. Maybe you could have done something sooner. Maybe intervention needed to happen earlier. Maybe it is all your fault. At this point in time, it will con- it will be your fault in a very bad way if you don't do something with the information you have now. Right. With the information, the resources, the energy, your entire life circumstances have changed. And I knew that would be hard to hear. I don't believe it is their fault, but I know that at this point they, they can't let go of that. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't, I'm not going to demand that they let go of it. I'm going to support them. I'm going to listen. But at the same time, I'm going to say, what if it is? What if it is your fault? And that is hard to hear. What are you going to do about it now? What are you going to do about it now? Right. What are you going to change now? Well, the truth is hard to hear. And I think some people think hearing, like, call, (laughs) they think hearing the truth is being too blunt and in a way rude because. We we had a family member who used to say, love supersedes honesty. Bro, Mm. what? (laughs) It's with yeah. his family. <laughs> I think they've since changed their minds. I do but, um, but yes, that was something that was an unspoken reality in my family. Except for that that shocking conversation I had with them that one time where it what? came out. And you I had them. a light bulb moment oh this is this is part of the huge dysfunction in my entire not just my family but my relatives this is our clans that's what they like to call themselves um uh, you know our clans culture that it it was their culture of communication which was and i disagreed with them yeah well well, this was specifically about hiding from the matriarch of the family that any of them drank alcohol yep at all Ooh. they would hide it from the, the matriarch of the family. so they would and not talk about it change the subject if it came they up. would go to events but then leave to go drink together uh-huh. but that you know and make sure that it was they would they would lie and oh. therefore love because it would just break their heart or her heart so much it to would hear just be too much it would for just her be too much so love supersedes honesty and and we were like wait a minute if you want to respect that this is hard for them that's one thing but to actively lie about it well, because if you think about it, when that person finds out, it's going to hurt the, even the, more. Well, I guess the idea was they would never find out. The longer that, that you go out. doing this, yeah, right? <laughs> they're going to find out. <laughs> One thing I've had to learn is that 
the people you love will always find <laughs> out about the stuff you're doing and the stuff you're trying to keep from them. Well, because hiding, hiding things, lying about things, that creates disconnection. And in relationship, connection is key, right? So if you're disconnecting in some way, it's eventually going to right. show up. Right. Uh, honesty is love. And while I can, I can, while I may not agree <laughs> with with that thought, the that ideal, like that idea, um, I can still kind of follow where they're going in kind of the shallowest way possible. That you may want, you may something that you know or you are doing may hurt someone you love, and you want to spare them that hurt. But ultimately, um, that's just then a, a shallow relationship. Right. You and can if you avoid, can't... I think you can avoid conversations that you know are a sore spot for right. people. Well, yeah, but we that... do that. We do, but if <laughs> if it comes to it coming up, and then you having the choice between either answering honestly or lying. Yeah, I mean, then if, if you, you answer, if you're not willing to have deep conversations with the person you love, is that that may be love, but may not be like deep love. But not all relationships deserve that level. That's and we'll true. get into that in just a moment. So we said no games. No games. And another piece of the no games is the whole, um, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna answer no to this question, but I really mean yes, and you're supposed to just read my mind. Yes. Oh. Uh, we don't do that. Gosh. Because I don't want to come across as needy, or I don't want to come across as demanding, or high maintenance, uh -huh. or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or I don't want to come across as too willing, especially. Or too in, strong. In, in, or too strong. And this is especially in terms of sex. But really, anything. Mm. Uh, and and I, I don't want to make you think I'm one way. And so I don't want you to think that I'm this way. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. you know, too easy or too too high maintenance or whatever. Yeah, maybe. well, the number of uh, relationship books that we kind of leaf uh, through in our early days together. And I threw across the room because I that, that included a bit about don't be completely honest with your partner. Right. Um, you should keep some secrets. You don't huh? present yourself a certain way. You can be totally different. It's fine. And I know people who say that that works mm -hmm. for them, that there are things that they have to hold back from their partner. And while I can't understand that, I'm glad they find something that works for them. For us, that was never an option. Ever. Ever. We've been honest with each other from the get-go about our partners, our I sexual experiences, yeah. about, we've been honest about our beliefs on things. We've eat, we've been honest. There was a point in time when, uh, we, we came together in the, with a very set view, uh, a set of beliefs, uh, in terms of faith and religion. Mm. And we were very established in that. And then... Um, when I hit a point where I started seeing things differently and I needed to explore that further, I was honest with you that I'm not sure I believe in God at all. Right. And and you could handle it. That that's I think that's what it comes down to is trusting that your partner is mature enough to handle the hard things about you. Yes. And and then not only trusting them, but then that partner then valuing their partner enough to say it is worth trusting you. As well, that these hard things are a part, are the whole, part of the whole part of you, and right. This notion that we each want to know all of, or as much as possible about mm -hmm. each other. No, and I know no I can trust back. you with that. And if your partner can't do that, then you may want to reconsider how invested you want to be in right. that relationship, because someone who's not going to be invested in all of you is maybe not worth investing right. all of you into. Them. No, in a new relationship, you're going to kind of test it out and see that's what true you know. it's mm. not oh i mean that's the case for all relationships right. right i'm having to teach my my new friends um how to communicate with each other between the, between the two of us at least right um but 
Yeah. I mean, thankfully, the crowd I hang out with now, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, um, kids my age, kids, adults my age, (laughs) (laughs) that awkward stage, are already having these, these thoughts and stuff, and we're able to talk about it, um, Right. Yeah, I just I've already lived with that culture where they're like, yeah, my family's dysfunctional and I'm trying to figure everything out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, another part of the no games was the whole mind reading thing. Uh, that that I I saw this play out often in my home that somebody would be upset. Usually it was my mom towards my dad that my dad didn't understand that X Y Z needed to be done or that um, she would enjoy you know this other thing over here. Uh, there was that, but it happened the other way around too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened, and it happened between me and my siblings as well. Well, you should know this. I shouldn't have to tell you. And there is, there's a component of that. Oh, there's a component oh. of that 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 does recognize that sometimes that's related to somebody else carrying that invisible emotional labor. Mm. And and mm. so, and I believe a lot of that was my mom. She was carrying this emotional, the invisible workload of emotional labor for our whole family all right. the time. And my dad, you know, after years and years and years never seem to pick up on the fact that, that no actually the trash goes out every week i you know it's like you could it's the same day speaking of <laughs> tonight's the night yeah. oh, oh trash yeah. night Whoop. our yep. favorite um, and, you're welcome and yeah. so part of it is kind of recognizing that sometimes that whole mind reading thing is actually not mind reading it is you are expecting someone else to bear the emotional workload for you yeah and that does breed resentment but sure. beyond that there is also the i think you should just know this I, I think you should just be aware of this, that I could use a massage or that I could use 20 minutes by myself or I could, right. you know, whatever it is mm. that I would like for you to suggest somehow that we should go out to dinner just because I said it was a long day and I don't feel like cooking. You know, <laughs> I, I, instead of me just saying, it's a long day, I don't feel like cooking, want to go out to dinner? Right. I, if I expect you to read my mind and then you don't suggest it and then I'm mad making dinner because you didn't suggest going out to dinner. <laughs> It's those kinds of things. Oh we agreed to not doing that. <laughs> and, well, okay, yeah, so... That was something I massively grew up with, though. D- well, I mean, I mean, even while we're talking about this, I realized that there's some level of that even in our own family. Like, shoot, oh. even a year ago, I had, um, I was having issues with one of my uh, sisters because she wanted me to, to talk to her and ask her what was wrong That's and ask right. her what was going on in her life and on her mind. And, and take photos of her. And take photos of her right. and, Offer to and take give photos. her like advice about things. But that's not how That's I right. operate. If you want my advice, she, you need to ask for my advice. She never asked. If you want to talk to right. me about... She never asked. She right. never... Yeah. If you want to talk to me about something, you should say, hey, I want to talk to you about something instead of assuming I'm just going to go to you and be like, so I think something's wrong. What's wrong? All right. And she would get upset with me and resent me. She's like, I'm doing all these things for you and you never give them back to me. And I'm like, whoa, I never knew you wanted them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read your mind. You have to tell me that you want these things right. because I tell you, hey, can you take a picture of me? Hey, I need to talk to you about this thing. Hey, can you give me advice about this certain thing and even Mm -hmm. still sometimes I wanted to talk to her about something but I didn't want her advice and she would give me advice even when I didn't want it and I'd be like I didn't really want that but she was still like I do this for you and now you should do it for me and I'm like I don't even think because yeah that's just not how I operate if you want something you need to tell me you want it so there's a big personality piece that's it that's true inherent Mm -hmm. in this because even within our, our home where we do have established patterns of healthy communication that culture is already there. People still find 
themselves struggling in different ways because that microculture that develops in each relationship is influenced by our personalities, our individual experiences, our needs at the time. And of course, anything like trauma that, that may be past trauma oh, right. that would play into right. it, anything along that those lines are going to impact that. And it takes work. And, yeah, we don't play games. Well, it's interesting how it works the other way around now that I'm thinking about it, is that, like, she would want things for me, but she wouldn't tell me, and I wouldn't know because she'd never told me. Right. But then at the same time, she would assume that I would need something, and I'd be like, that is not what I need right, right. now. Especially when I was, like, going through a hard time, like, a year or two ago, she would be, do she would be doing things for me that she thought I would want because would she be would want it for her. her. Yes. Exactly. Right. And I'd be like, that's actually not what I need right now. And it's stressing me out that you're doing right. this. And some would say that's related to love languages too. That is. Yeah, yeah. it would, it would be, well, it would be like, and it'd be like me, you know, I have, you have this ritual every morning where I, I, you know, I make coffee for, for me and for anyone else who needs it. But then I also, I'll give you a cup right. of coffee. Well, what if I've done this for years and you'd be like, Oh, thank you so much. And then it turns out you like tea, you hate coffee. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, and, it would have been nice for you to say at some right. point, oh, you know, I really actually don't care for coffee. But I could take that as you pressuring me to drink coffee because you like coffee. And right. Because... And you can feel pressured to like, you know, to just to at least pretend like you like coffee because yeah. you, you understand that it's such a big gesture for me to make you coffee every mm. morning. Yeah. It's games. Games. We don't, don't do them. Do games, don't, don't do those don't games. Do games. No, well, it's, then... just, it, it's exhausting even thinking about it. Yeah. And well, I mean, me and the sister who had the conflict, uh -huh. eventually we worked through it, but yes. there was an element of she would be doing these things for me and then I'd reject them. And then she felt like I was rejecting her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> and at that point you need to shut down all communication because you've had conflict. Uh, Kidding. <laughs> At that point, that means you need to communicate more exactly. in order to work through well, the misunderstanding. Well, it, it meant a lot of conversations between the two of us, um, maybe after the fact of some right. things, or maybe right in the moment. It's like, hey, right. I know you're trying to help me, but this actually isn't helpful. Right. And I appreciate the thought, but what I need right now is this and not that. And that's a big one, pointing out that I see what you're trying to do. Exactly. I recognize the intent here. Yeah. I know this is how you're showing me love. For me, that's not helping. And I don't feel love that way. Mm -hmm. What I need is this. Mm -hmm. And that goes such a long way. And I, lest it sound like the, the sister in this situation was the only one that was making miscommunication missteps. Mm. You as well were making some. Oh, like yeah. You would get very upset when she did things that you didn't find helpful. And kind <laughs> of, well, be very ungrateful. You were not gracious in declining them. Or no, especially them. when I was like, mm. when I, especially when, when you were fresh dealing in the trauma. trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I would just, I was very reactionary yeah. and I'd just be like, that's not helping and I need you to go away right now. Right. Um, and so it felt like rejection for her yeah. because of how it was expressed in mm. part because of how it was expressed. Right. As well as what it meant to her. When you guys finally did sit down and start working through that. It was really hard. There were lots of tears. Mm -hmm. It took multiple conversations. But out of that grew something really powerfully beautiful. Mm. Uh, for example, you offer easily now to take photos of them. Hey, would you like a photo? You look really cute today. Or yes. Would you... And and like you, you got it. You were like, this is important to you. This is a love language to you. I get this. Now that I understand this, I'm so there. Right. And, and she likewise was able to make those adjustments and understand well, each yeah. other better. And be able to, like, instead of assuming what I wanted, she would ask what I needed. Yes. And then I'd be able to tell her. And and sometimes we, I, I had to prepare her for the fact that sometimes I don't even know what I need, but that right. the thing that you're doing is not it. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, and I, it's a rejection of that thing, not of you as a person. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So then our second main rule 
I'll let you say. Oh, well, no running away. We... <laughs> it didn't work anyway. I would just follow you. <laughs> right. You and would... this was primarily from my family, where I observed that oftentimes when there was conflict between my mom and dad, it seemed that my dad... <laughs> first needed to cool down uh, or calm his feelings I don't know anyway he he to, to sort out his thoughts on whatever before he could be ready to have a conversation mm. he needed to go for a walk and um, and so that seemed like a reasonable <laughs> thing you know why would you have a conversation where you're controlled by your emotions and oh, you're gonna hurt each other because you're not right and and uh, so it seemed just like a, a very very waspy um, very uh, reasonable thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Until we met and I tried it out. <laughs> and she thought I was trying to avoid conflict. Because you were. I wasn't. <laughs> Again, sure. still, we, we're at this place. All right, so things don't change. No. Uh, no, I hate that phrase with all my heart. <laughs> there's a better way. Yes. Um, somewhere between... Ha trying to have a completely reasonable, logical conversation, devoid of emotion, and having conversation that is completely overrun by emotion, right. which becomes a shouting match and a jabbing match. Right. Uh, so yep. somewhere in between there, if you can be both reasonable and emotional, right. is where the, the real connection happens. It actually really scared me when there was a point where I was following you and I was like, you keep running away. And I was not okay with that. And you were like, I don't want to have an emotional conversation. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Yeah. And what kind and, of conversation? That was my dad talking <laughs> through me. I was like, uh, what do you mean by that? And I, at first I was taking it as, you thought I was being emotional and you didn't want that. Oh, right. Stupid, oh. stupid emotional woman. Stupid emotional woman. Uh -huh. You're being emotional and I don't want to have that right. conversation yeah. with but you. Then, That's not what I meant. But then you explained that you wanted to be calm and, and you didn't want to be controlled by your emotions and you wanted to be able to have a rational, logical conversation. And I was like, I'm sorry. I married the whole you. Yeah, and yeah. I am terrified uh, by the right. idea of you being someone who doesn't have emotions. Imagine that. A guy being afraid of his emotions. Oh! Oh no! Oh, it's so unusual. That I was, I was such scared. a call out to society. But I was so afraid that, that what that would mean. But then also a woman being afraid that they're being judged for their emotions. emotions. I, you I were didn't kind know of that. typical. Oh my gosh, that in was so many ways. So typical. Yes. Yes, we all grew that mold. But, uh, we Thank did. God. <laughs> but I was afraid because what I had seen before was that men who were in control of their emotions, not being controlled by their emotions, mm -hmm. and having rational and logical, were um, often angry. And, uh, and, right. and with that came, for me, an angry man was a scary man. Right. And so I wanted somebody who had... I wanted you to be emotional. I could handle your anger if there were other emotions with it. Right. But if, if being in control of your emotions meant you only had anger, I was very afraid. And I I didn't want that. But of course, by the time we, we were pretty invested in our relationship when that all happened, and uh -huh. I was like, wait, I need to be with somebody yes, that we can have emotions. That's true. And that's important. This is a conversation we had after we... We were married. We were married, <laughs> yeah. It had been a year or two. Yeah. And this came to a head, and we addressed it. Yeah. It was hard. There were tears. Yeah. 
there was a lot of silence. Of us had tears. Oh yeah, which was huge for me. Um, where you communicated that you know what, if you need to work through your emotions, that's fine. Why can't you just do it right here with me? I'll I'll give you the space. We'll we'll sit in the same room on different chairs, and you can take the time you need to whatever you know, take mm-hmm. your deep breaths or calm yourself or just sort through your, your thoughts or and I'll just be here and I'll be ready when you're ready to or talk. Or we could go for a walk together and I don't have to talk and you don't have to talk. Right. Or if you really need to be alone and away from me, that's fine, but we have an agreed upon time that we are definitely coming back right. to have that conversation. That sounds like a point we made. We have made this point <laughs> right. before. So, so no, no games. No, games, no, no running, running away. away or avoiding conflict. So I actually think there's one that you guys have not mentioned, but you, not mentioned... To, in, in this um, podcast, but there is one that you you have reiterated many, 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 many times. <laughs> okay, I'm dying to know what it is. Um, is that We're you? Not boobs. <laughs> oh, that's. I was like, what am I referencing many, here? Many, <laughs> many times. Sorry. Um, uh, it's fine. I was. Home is the best it. movie ever. It is. Um, <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh, is that you will not go to other people about your conflicts before addressing them with the person yes. themselves. And that's something that's translated into my life, too. And that's a big one. That actually, to me, is part of the no playing games, or kind of falls mm-hmm. under that umbrella. Uh, or run, or running away, really. It falls under It's both. like both of them. Yeah, it, it is. is. Uh, and that was something that we agreed to very early on, before the whole but I need you to be emotional sometimes. I need to see that you have emotions. I need to know you feel things. Um, I believe I I said said that like that, probably crying. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) But I I know when we hit the, uh, we won't go to other people. It was, we were reading a book together. Yes. We had, I, we hated every relationship book we read. <laughs> the book that had the most impact on, on us, we've talked about it before, it is a, a actually a Christian book, a uh, story of the love and spiritual life of Sheldon and Davy Van Alken. And they shared some of the things that kind of became a foundation for their relationship. And one of them... And that was when they were pagans. Oh, yeah, they were totally pagans. They were not... <laughs> a gay they, couple? No. No! No. Sheldon and who? Davey. Davey. So it was a woman's okay. name. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. Um, Sorry, and I was wondering. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, that yeah, yeah okay. Case. I was just curious. Yeah. Um, and one of the things they said was that they would not take any complaints or conflict or even uh, uh, pet peeves about, their, about each other mm-hmm. to other people outside of their relationship, and maybe ever, but until they had at least talked about it and worked on it themselves, between right. themselves. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed to go, they agreed to never go to family members, to mm-hmm. go to their parents to complain about each other, to go to their parents to even ask for advice until they had at least attempted to talk about it right. between just the two of them. And that was something we decided, at, what, first two weeks of being married maybe? We maybe were, we were reading that book even before we were, we were married, married, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. And so it was It was pretty early on that we adopted that principle. And you're right. It is one that we value highly. It is one that, to my knowledge, I have broken once, and I don't think you ever have. And I am, it's very clear in my mind what I did, and right. I had to go to you and apologize. I don't, I don't think I've done it. But... I don't think you have. And we encourage our children to mm. do the same. I think it's important also to... Um, to, to uh, recognize the difference between processing conflict that's happened with someone right. else and going to someone and just complaining about, like, oh, they do this and it annoys me so much. Right. Mm. Um, 
that if if your partner is doing or anybody you're in a relationship with is doing something that is annoying you or it's it's causing you some kind of emotional um like negative effect or mm-hmm. I don't can't, I can't think of the word but stress, um stress right? thank yeah. you um to not immediately go and just kind of complain um to someone else about it but just to talk to talk to that person first right. Um, but there is a difference between doing that and then also being like, so this thing happened between my partner and I, and I just need to process it. Like right. if you're a verbal processor, right. I mean, that's what I, yeah. And it, there is a distinct difference mm-hmm. there. And we choose for us that we're not going to even do the processing part until we have at least started the processing with each other, recognizing that sometimes we can't fully process things together, Yeah. that we can talk about it. We can acknowledge this mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-hmm. This is what we're struggling with. This is what we're dealing with. We need to process this and I'm going to need to process it with someone else. And well, that's yeah. not the same thing, but we also are upfront about that. Right. We yes. tell exactly. each other when that is the case. I still need to work through this. I realize I need someone outside of us to help me work through that, whether that's my therapist right. or a friend. Mm-hmm. That's a really important point, I guess. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, I have a best friend, and we're having some conflict or barriers between us, um, and it's and I'm talking to other people about it, but I realized that I we did sit down, and I was like, hey, I'm struggling with this, right. and I can't talk to you about it. Right. Um, but this is what it is, but I'm not going to process with you. I have to process with other people. Right. Um, so I guess in a way, yeah, (laughs) you're, you're still, you're still having that open line of communication with that person, even if you're not telling them everything of what's happening. Yes. And, and that's okay. Particularly depending on the stage you're in with a relationship. We talked earlier today when we were talking about this, about the show, about the concepts of spoons and, or or, you prefer the term bandwidth, but, um, having the spoons and different things requiring different amounts of energy. And, and so you may be out of spoons because if you're say dealing with small children, perhaps a, uh, health condition, um, and financial stress, you may hit a point where you do not have the spoons to, to handle those things anymore. And so we sometimes prioritize where our spoons go and, or our bandwidth go, where we, where our energy goes. And there are times where there are relationships that quite frankly are valuable. We mean a lot to us Mm -hmm. are truly important, but we simply do not have the spoons for addressing the conflict that may be there right. or or going deeper. We may only have so much that we can do. And in a family our size, sometimes uh, people even just wanting me to update them on everything that's going on, I'm like, <laughs> I am totally out of spoons for that. Right. I, I, it actually drains me mm-hmm. sometimes to go through and, and tell. And for some people in relationships I've been in, that's hard. It's hard for that sometimes I don't have the spoons for much left in the, any relationship mm-hmm. outside of my family sometimes. Right. I have to work on that, and I do work on that, but it's it's kind of survival, actually. Right. right. I guess spoons is another way of saying, like, it's not that I don't have the time and energy to invest in you or whatever this thing is because I don't want to spend the time and energy in doing this. It's I've already spent my time and energy on other things right. that I, I don't have the bandwidth to um, invest in this right now. Right. I, no. I literally can't do it. Right. right. That's why I like the uh, 
band with and, and imagery of, Spoons yeah, is a new with, thing for me today. Yeah, we just <laughs> this morning. It's actually uh, a pretty old thing. I, I'll share it with you. It's a, a neat concept. All of us have a, a limited right. amount of bandwidth, and we have to decide what gets priority. And, and sometimes life throws things at us where we don't decide the, right, you know, right. where we're throwing bandwidth, we realize, oh, now this catastrophe just happened. And right. that is taking and all of it. And 74% of yeah. my bandwidth is directed at stopping whatever that is. And then the rest now has to prior go to Figuring my children. And, but yeah, and, and when you're in a situation like that, where there's you know something rather catastrophic, a, a trauma, or even just... It's, it's that straw that breaks the camel's back kind mm -hmm. of a moment. And all of a sudden, dinner took, you know, half a spoon uh, the day before, and today it's going to take me three spoons. <laughs> like, it's, we're done. Like, uh -huh. that that has suddenly pushed me over, and I'm, I don't have anything mm -hmm. left. And right. if I were to try, I would begin harming myself. Right. And that's not that's not what I want in relationship myself or my relationships right. with other people right mm -hmm. exactly all right so we were talking that we're supposed to be talking about well then so that culture of communication and outside of our family mm -hmm. so we we <laughs> how we manage that uh, for me as somebody who owns my own business and works with people um, I can't say that I'm great at this aspect this is something that I I work on I struggle I struggle with I believe is incredibly important, but I'm, uh, it's a work in progress. Mm. Uh, for me, it's incredibly important though, that I care first about the person and who they are, uh, even before their production or productivity. Mm. Uh, and that is as a business owner, I believe that if we care for people and we build connection, that productivity is going to come out of that because we're, we're giving them another spoon, hopefully, so that they, yeah. they have that energy, they have that desire, they have that buy-in, they have that love, but I'm doing it because they, who they are as a person matters first, mm -hmm. less about what I'm going to get out of it and more about, I care about people. In fact, the whole, my whole job, everything our job is about right. is, is because, um, it may look like it's about feeding babies or about, uh, different aspects of parenting or all those kinds of things and then writing because I am also a freelance writer but it's it's so much more than that all of it stems from this place of I just really really love people right, right? we care about them and care about them and I want to build people up and I believe that happy confident connected people help make the world a better place mm -hmm. so I want to do my part in in that so what communi overall communication culture outside of our family? What's that like? Horrible. Yeah, because most of that happens for us vicariously through our kids. It does. It sucks. We we do what we can. Yeah. But the people who are really experiencing this. Oh my gosh, so, so our kids. Much. Yeah. All the mind games, all of the assuming, all of the not communicating or talking to each other. The amount. Sorry. <laughs> The amount How do you of really times, feel, Lavinia? The amount of times I have been, like, friends have come to me with friend drama, and I tried to avoid friend drama. But avoiding is, is, is bad. I, I mean, <laughs> I say avoiding by, like, I try to communicate with my friends. There we go! Uh. Um, and, and, and so I guess not really avoiding but addressing it immediately, because um, if, if I catch wind that there is a friend talking crap about me, 
and they have an issue, they take issue with something that I've done or I am doing, um, then I'm like, I don't have a problem with being like, hey, so is everything okay right. between us? Because I've been hearing this and you know, you should really talk to me if there's a problem because I value our relationship and I don't want there to be any bad blood between us. So, so recently you did have ex an experience where you did something that with a new friend uh, that hurt them. And they came to you and, true. and said, hey, this hurt me. This is right. This is a thing for me. And it's not a thing for you. So you were kind of like, hmm, that's a thing for you, huh? Well, I appreciate her being um, up, just upfront and honest about it. It mm -hmm. took her a few days to be able to tell me, but I don't even care how long it takes for them to tell me. Was, okay, well, I mean, make her a little bit. But she told me, like, within a few days. Right. It didn't go on and on. Exactly. Right? Um, and... And I fully believe that she did not go to anybody else and complain right. um, about me. Uh, to, so I really, I really appreciate that right. because I hate it when people talk crap about me. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, who likes it? Um, and it was and while while I may not really agree with the whole subject view, um, uh, because one, it's not not because it's not a thing for me, but just because you know it was kind of a. a a non-understanding right. of my situation. Well, it's or just, just not the way... realistic. Yeah, it's not. Your thank life you. is arranged right now. Exactly. Um, but I still could recognize that it hurt her right. and, and that she struggled with right. that. So we were able to have a conversation about it. And you got to be honest because the, the, right. the issue was you canceled plans or had to change right. plans, rearrange plans after something had been arranged because you got called into work. Right. And and that hurt her because to her it w communicated that it wasn't a priority. That I was, she wasn't a priority. That she yeah, wasn't a priority. she doesn't like being, she doesn't like being canceled on. Right. And you were like, well, but see, I had to work. <laughs> and this is your reality. Is yeah. I got called into work and, well, I have to go to work because exactly. I need the money, I need this job. And I, I didn't dismiss her either. Right. I was like, here's my reality and I understand that being canceled on hurts and it hurts and that's your reality and I can understand that. And if that means that we cannot we can't plan to hang out as often, then that's, that's right. just may, that maybe something we have to come to terms with. Right. Because I don't want to hurt you, but also I, I do I'm have take to your work. Job. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to get money, so. <laughs> and the thing is, yeah, work is going to be a priority over right. you. And you have to be flexible. That's, right. That's the deal. And so. if you can't be flexible and if it's too painful for you to, right. to, to, to be flexible, then yeah, we need to rethink on how often we're going to hang out with each other. Right. Especially True. at a point in your life where you have the kind of work that, yes, it may spring up last minute and, and, and foil some of your plans, but also it, it gives you the flexibility to be able to just go and do stuff on a whim yeah. because you don't have exactly. to work every single day. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and, and so while I may not be like, well, I mean, the, that was kind of an unrealistic expectation of you to have for me. I'll still recognize that that was, that hurt you. And yes. I really appreciate you coming to me about that. That was, huge. that was cool. That, that was, was really cool. So cool. And while I may think she's a little weird, I still love her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she thinks you're a little weird too. And she would not be wrong. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so one of the things that has stood out to us as we've kind of been talking about the developing a culture of communication and how that extends beyond our family. And we touched on that earlier is how media impacts that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we were saying earlier, if, if there are the number of times we see a movie and the whole time we're like, 
if they would have just talked. Oh my gosh. Like a movie here, or a TV show. A movie or a TV show. Like like seasons of a TV show where you're yeah. like, this is eight years and all you needed was a conversation way back here. By episode three, this should have been figured out. But 15 minutes. It would have been 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. Those are the hardest for us to connect to. When, they are. when it seems like the whole premise of the conflict within a show or an episode or a movie is within the first five minutes, someone failed to communicate with someone else. Or listen well or ask questions right. or... Well, that's why I never really got along They're with... trying to protect the other person by not right. telling them. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like, this, this is it? This is, this is the whole premise of this? Yeah. And we're going to keep watching this deteriorate as this person still won't tell this other person oh until finally, oh, they do tell the person and oh, uh, they love each other still. It's, yes, I can't. <laughs> I mean, this is the why formula I, is no, yeah, no good. Yeah, I never understood romanticized teen drama like Teen Wolf or Riverdale or Pretty Little Liars the, and stuff. The and, problem and with like, that formula, though, is that it's so prevalent in our entertainment exactly. media mm-hmm. that I think people internalize that and believe, well, that's what I should do. Well, and, yeah, and, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying it. Like, yeah, like, I that's enjoy fine. Much. I just don't. I, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I think it's fine to enjoy it, but we need to be having conversations about it. Like, right. yo. Uh, so did you see that episode? Whoa. Right. Wasn't that amazing? And also, why the frick didn't they just talk about it? Right. Or if so-and-so would just learn how to shut up long enough, that would be me, my character, to listen and right, understand and ask questions to fully understand instead of just reacting because they think they mean this one thing. It, it, we need to be talking about it. We need to be talking about it, not only as parents with children, but we need to be talking about it with our friends. Right. We, so many, look at Game of Thrones. Uh, it's super popular. There's a whole fandom. And Harry Potter, actually, is an even better example. I love Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. We love Harry Potter. I wore house colors the other day because I was representing Gryff- Gryffindor. At just because, no other reason. I own Slytherin <laughs> robes. So. Yes. <laughs> so, serious diehard po- uh, Harry Potter fans here. But the number of times I, want, I we have talked about, if Dumbledore would have just had some honest conversations with tra- Harry, trusted Harry. Oh my to, with more of the information about his own past and mm-hmm. and all there were so many pieces that created conflict which is good storytelling i get it yeah but at the same time on a relationship level i'm like can we pl- i would love to see what would happen maybe it would be a boring story maybe that's why the 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 production studio that was yeah. interested in a reality TV oh, show right. for our family was like, never mind, you There's guys are not born. enough drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they looked at us, they were like, there are six girls in this family. It was before the youngest. There's six girls in this family. This right. will be a drama shoe-in. And then they they come and check us out and they're like, never mind, you're boring. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we get angry at each other for three minutes and then we're like, I'm sorry, I treat you that So way. when you said this, <laughs> I felt this way. Right. And, and they're like, ugh. So I, man, I get that good storytelling is it has to have conflict. Sure. But it is really frustrating how often, and even really wonderful stories, there is, a, one of the crux of it is bad communication. Right. Oh my gosh. And I think to some level, um, we kind of internalize it and it becomes a uh, self-fulfilling cycle. So which came first? The dysfunction of communication in society Mm. or the depiction of dysfunction in communication? I'm going to bet there was dysfunction before there were movies. I'm going to bet there was. And then they made (laughs) movies and then people were like, yo, I identify with that. So that's how it is. And it kind of feels like validating for them if it never gets 
like resolved in a healthy way uh, in the movie, you know? Yeah. Because actually there's a lot of like like drama um TV shows or movies that I really really like um that end up getting like they I really enjoy people having drama and then figuring it out in a healthy way and I'm like, "Yes, that's beautiful." <laughs> so like, like where do you see that? Um well, more and more so I feel like there's Your like voice almost cracked. It, it did break. <laughs> it did absolutely crack. I feel like um, it kind of is going in two di- two different directions. We have TV shows that are showing more of that, like mm-hmm. Euphoria. Um, I I haven't watched it, but I I do know like the plot, and I've seen. I don't know that one. And oh my goodness, it's like it's it's been recognized as one of the most um, accurate depictions of high school okay. for high schoolers. Okay. Okay. Um, it's not like over romanticized drama. Right. It's like no, these are real issues, and and it's very just. It's true. Okay. Um, it was it was directed, I think, or written. Or Zendaya had a, a part okay. in it, um, and I love her. Um, and then and then there's shows like Riverdale's where it's like just completely like what? Right. right. <laughs> so I feel like they're, we're going in two different directions, and it just depends on what's popular. Uh, Euphoria got popular, but it's not as popular as Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like what we're looking up to and what we're watching. Right. I think sex education is another one. Mm -mm. Super complicated, incredibly dysfunctional. And uh, yet you see them trying. Right. They are... They are trying to get to healthy places from this place right. of extreme dysfunction. Uh, so that sex education on Netflix. I and think a huge part We of... really loved that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, because it wasn't... It didn't just stay in that unhealthy place. Exactly. It's, it's actually really trying to change it. Not that their attempts at trying are always healthy in and of themselves, <laughs> but they're trying. I feel like that's accurate, though. Because yeah. sometimes we try and we're like, maybe that wasn't the best thing to, best right. way to go about it. And I think a, a huge a key factor in, in the difference between um, the two sides is that one of them is romanticizing these dysfunctions, and the other one is not romanticizing these dysfunctions. And I think the one that romanticizes... We, we keep no, that's talking. cool. <laughs> go, go, go. Uh, normalizes them. Whereas yeah. the one that says, hey, this is dysfunctional, makes us uncomfortable. And when we are uncomfortable with something, then we have to start thinking about it. Right? Yes. I think normalize is a better word than romanticize. Yeah. We had this conversation about 20 years ago when the English patient came out. Yes, we did! <laughs> and I was wrong. And you were right. It's a beautiful movie. You should watch it. But it does not, it does not glorify or romanticize an affair like no. I first thought it did. Uh, in fact, it kind of romanticizes a true love affair uh, and as a background story, as a, background story. a secondary story within the um, plot of the movie. And instead... It's a beautiful it, comparison and, con- it, it and does. contrast. So, yes, normalizes instead of romanticizes. I think it's better. Yeah, and, and when, when in the English Patient, it's such a wonderful example, still one of my favorite films of all time, uh, in that story you have this incredibly dysfunctional love, actually two incredibly dysfunctional loves. And then you have one much more quiet story of mm-hmm. a, a healthy and beautiful love that is not the focal point, but it provides this backdrop for these two incredibly dysfunctional relationships that that literally blow everything up right. and destroy life after life after life. I and, watch that. and it's it's... It, to me, it doesn't romanticize or glorify an affair because it shows how everything was so irreparably harmed. Right. And, and yet this other quieter love was building and it was true and pure and healthy mm-hmm. and, and they had issues and there, was, there were definitely complicated aspects of it. And that storytelling that for me, I go, 
holy smoke, I have to sit and wrestle with this. I have to, I have to ask things of myself because right. this film asked things of me and asked me to reflect on things and asked me to think and not to just take it at, uh, well, at face value, which many people did, mm. uh, that it was this beautiful love affair that was actually not beautiful right. at all. It was obsessive and controlling and dysfunctional. And then discuss it with people. And we did. And we did. And we did. And, and it, that was a, a, a powerful thing for us because then we saw... It helped reveal to us areas where we were struggling, where mm -hmm. we were, where dysfunction was still taking root. And that, and then we had to be like, okay, so this thing over here in the film, do we relate to this? Mm -hmm. And if we do, is that a problem? Yeah, <laughs> okay I think that? that, that also like it comes people who enjoy those kinds of like, um, movies or TV shows and the difference like the difference between them and the people who enjoy the more um like dramatic and kind of unrealistic um movies and TV shows I think the difference between those two people are um is that the people who enjoy the stuff that challenges you you and you are open to being challenged I and like you're both, open though. to thinking I do, too. I do like both Yeah but how many times have you watched a show and been like Okay, well, everybody's saying that... The, like, uh, I don't know. Ah, I feel like I got lost in my in my thoughts. I I like both. I well, like some... So that... next episode, we're going to do a bunch of movie reviews, because that's fun. <laughs> Older ones. But I feel like maybe I need to reel it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and get back to the uh, relational bits. Yes. Um, mm. as, as fascinating as entertainment. But into, uh, the point is, entertainment does... It, it's it's both and. The, the, the prevalent culture does guide entertainment oh you know movie producers show producers are like well this is what people want so let's give it to them right, right. Um, and also entertainment then informs the culture right. if you never see a healthy culture of communication whether that's in your home or in your school or in your workplace or then in media mm -hmm. if you never see healthy communication healthy relationships healthy conflict resolution then when you are struggling in a relationship, in conflict, and you have no model. Right. It is, you can read, you should make I statements, but in the moment, you've never seen it. How does this actually play out? Right. right. And so living it is so much, it's easier to revert to what we have seen, mm -hmm. whether that be in shows or in books, uh, in books or in families and workplaces or and other or, online entertainers. Cause we keep talking about TV shows and movies, but, but you it's know. so much more, so than much that, more. Yeah. Of course. And so if that's yeah. all you really know, then in the moment, that's what you're going to revert to. And then it's very validating to say, well, that's what everybody does. That's right. what everybody oh, knows. Okay, well, and and in there, like sometimes your situation seems so hopeless that you need that, you need that, the comfort of of seeing. I'm not the this, only one. Yeah, right, this happens to me. a lot of people. Yeah, but we until we start really prioritizing depicting healthy communication and conflict resolution in our our entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, and going beyond, you should use I statements or things like that, but like really, truly modeling it. We are going to just keep perpetuating the cycle of dysfunctional communication yes. and conflict. And it will just continue to harm families, harm relationships. And it, it is difficult. It is a struggle. Our children are navigating the struggle from a place you and I never experienced. Correct. We did not have... They are... 
light years ahead of where we oh, were. Oh, so much more mature at their ages, all of them, than I ever was at their ages. Or, or even older, yes. 20 years right. older. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. They are... No, exactly, because sometimes I'm like, well, if the people my age aren't working out, maybe I should go a few years older. And it's like, no, they're still ah. <laughs> no. And we recently had a situation where one of our children with someone in a romantic relationship, much older, uh, and we're going to not indicate who it is in this conversation. Or the ages. But they are both adults. Right. So the, the two people in a romantic relationship are both adults. One is significantly older than the other, mm -hmm. um, than our child in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And we recently had an experience where our child in that relationship was really frustrated with how communication was going. Um, but, but didn't really know how to get... So how to meet that person where they were. Right. Mm -hmm. And and then and then it escalated because that person went to someone else in the family to talk about their romantic relationship. That did not get well met. So. And that was not received very well. Um and by the person they went to. By the person they went to, who then was like, Oh, well, I think you should go talk to her. Have <laughs> you tried that. talking no to way. Her, the person you're having the conflict with. And it was the the daughter that's involved in that relationship it ha needed help figuring out how to communicate with this person uh and and as mm -hmm. much as we wanted to be like you don't take the conflict out until you've talked with them she was like they don't know how to talk about it yeah they don't know how to work through it they don't know they they, they don't know how to do this at all mm -hmm. so how do i work with them where they are and we actually sat down and had to walk through the steps to meet this person who's significantly older than her yeah. to figure out how to have this conversation and to do so in a way that was healthy when this person didn't have the tools to do so. Mm -hmm. And that was challenging. Yes, it was. That was one of, for me as a parent, I, I feel like I could be like, that was one of the hardest parenting moments <laughs> I, I can think of. <laughs> because I, I was like, ooh, Part of me wanted to say, yeah, I just run now, but that's not fair. If, if we had run from each other when we were at that same level, right. we would never have made it. And, and so it was like, give them a chance, please. So it's like you're saying that the relationships we create are all opportunities to influence culture? To grow. Hmm. To grow. I think they're all opportunities to grow. And... She chose to invest and, and work through it, and it was it was difficult, um, but it actually, there was a lot of growth that came out mm -hmm. of it, and one of the things that, that stood out to us in that process was we all have to build the communication relationship in each individual relationship intentionally. Yep. And we can't it's just... It's never going to happen if you don't. It's never going to happen. Even if you were to meet someone who comes from a family that's very similar and has a healthy uh, culture of mm -hmm. communication in their home, it's still going to be different. Yeah. And you're still going to have to figure out what that looks like for mm -hmm. you. That's mm -hmm. the deal. Mm -hmm. It was a deal for... Every, it's going to be the deal for everybody, whether you have that background or not. I believe it's easier if you have the background. Right. But be, be patient. Now have boundaries and limits. Like, know your spoons. Know your spoons. <laughs> know what abuse looks like. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah and be yeah. like, you know, yeah. this isn't a communication issue. This is there a, is a time to walk away. Yes, for sure. For sure. And it's important to know that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But to to identify those boundaries and have them firmly in place and then give people a chance. You have to give them a chance. Mm -hmm. And it takes 
a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort. But mm. we did it. We did. Ah, y'all did. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We, we survived. We've done more than survive. We thrive. We've moved to thriving. All right, I think we're about out of time. Oh my goodness, yes, we're out of time. Yeah, we're so out of time. (laughs) Well, thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for tuning in. This has been We're All Human Here. We're your hosts, Jessica, Jeremy, and Lavinia Martin-Weber. We are from a family of nine. Thank you. I forgot for a second. (laughs) One, two, three, and six others. Yeah. Yes. They're not here with us. Uh... We just love to share life <laughs> and relationships, uh, thoughts, what we have found has worked and not worked. We are in no way, shape, or form actually relationship experts. We're no. just people who've been in a relationship for a while with a bunch of people. Yes, that yeah. is that is true. Yeah. And so sharing what has worked for us. Tune in next time. You can find us as a podcast on most platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Uh, you can find us most anywhere you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Be sure to share this live stream or podcast uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here today. And comment below and let us know what you'd love to hear us talk about next time. Sounds great. Um, nice job. Good yeah. wrap. Yeah. Uh, I don't get a fist bump. Fist bump? Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Why did... Okay, thank you. <laughs> I can't fist bump both of you guys with one hand. Fair enough. Oh, my goodness. Thank you all. This has been We're All Human here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. We said it at the same time.